Hi, I'm Maria Allen, relationship coach and family mediator. I'm dedicated to helping committed couples proactively lay a solid foundation for their relationship, all based on their unique needs and desires. Now, successful relationships are hard work, but they're available to all of us if we're given the right tools, awareness, and education. Join me as we explore this crazy thing called love on my podcast, The Vow. I'll be commenting on items that got my attention regarding a Before the Vows issue. My special guest will be sharing an After the Vows issue that got their attention. And I will venture to say that we'll have some fun, too, along the way. Here's to love. Let's get to our episode. Hello, Vanya. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm very excited as well. Yeah, this is the first episode of the podcast. So this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. So I'm like giddy doing this. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to be your first guest. Um, uh, when we discuss the idea of the podcast, there's so many interesting components to it. So I'm very happy about this. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this. Um, you know, you're giving me your time and there's nothing more valuable than that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I want to do now is get started. And as you know, I am going to be giving my thoughts and my opinions on something, an article or some content that I found dealing with before the vows. All right. The one that I found, I think, is one that so many women can relate to. And it's called, Women Share the Tiny Moment They Knew Their Relationship Was Over. And I saw that and it hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm divorced and I knew I knew when that light switch had gone off and there was just no going back. We were done. That was, you know, that was it. So let me tell you about this. Um, what she says is, and I'll give her her credits in the end. I knew my marriage was dead in the water the evening he huffed and puffed and stormed out of a cafe. So I'm only going to go over the parts of this that deal with um, before the vows. So it might be a little... Might be a little jagged, but she goes on to say that there are so many significant moments that have happened that are life altering because they set the stage for the trajectory of a woman's life. Although when something like this happens, something that happens that really goes wrong in a relationship, it's not like it's new. It's not like there aren't any other annoyances going on before this. It's just something snaps. A line in front of the sand, and, you know, she knows it's time to call it. So, on Mom's Net, and I haven't heard of that. Have you heard of that, Vanya? Mom's Net. No, I haven't. No, it's a new one. Well, women share the exact moments they knew the relationships were long dead, that it was time to cut their losses and walk. Some knew they'd have to heal broken hearts. Others knew they'd have to scale down on their lifestyles. That's another... Um, topic I can go off on a rampage on is how, you know, women divorce and 
we have never written a check before, but you know, we'll find an article about that later. Um, others knew they'd have to have difficult conversations with their children. So what they absolutely did know is that they couldn't afford to continue waiting for men who would never show up for them. Unrequited love was no longer going to cut it for them. All righty. So, yeah, yeah. When it can, I get it. I think the older I got, the more I got that. So, uh, tell me, um, you said there that um, you knew, uh, you know, and a lot of women say they know. Yeah. I can kind of, being a therapist, I can kind of understand it from a point of, you know, if it's, um, I guess, an abusive relationship or, you know, that just not not a healthy Mm. uh, relationship. But what about those, you know, that are healthy, but some women go, you know, all men, it's over. It's, it, it's a weirdness thing, Vanya. For me, I, I didn't like him. I mean, as blood clouds, we weren't, um, he wasn't my friend anymore. I mean, he didn't have the qualities that if we were acquaintances that I'd want to go out to dinner, you know, as friend, I I didn't want to spend time with them. Which, of course, meant I didn't want to have sex with them. You know, I didn't want to, you know, I just did not want to be with this guy. I did not enjoy his company. Um, I did not feel the intimacy of having conversations with him um, that were meaningful. It just wasn't working. Um, and I think for me and a lot of women to hang in there, you know, it, it's not yeah. habit until it just gets to a point where you got to go. Mm. Yeah. So I guess then it's the what they say the um the growing apart or is yeah. it that you were growing and he wasn't and then you could see that space between you? Yes, I think that has a lot to do with it too. And that's one thing that I I teach in my um um courses is that you really have to before you even put your name on that paper, you've got to establish a foundation for your relationship. You know, what are you going to put in place to make sure that it stays vital and vibrant and that you're growing together? And I think a lot of people just roll into a relationship. You know, the guy, you like the way he kisses, you know, <laughs> you got a ring on your finger, you're showing everybody, you know. Yep. Next thing you know, you're picking out uh, a dress. I mean, you're just caught up in this fairy tale of goodness, you know. And the time and the um, commitment is not being paid to getting to know this person and having the tough conversations. So, um, yeah, yeah. So she goes on to give another uh, scenario. And it's about building a life and raising kids. And I had two young ones when I divorced. So it says that if a couple's priority list doesn't align there will be a stream of conflict and there will always be one person who feels that they're being dragged behind and not being listened to now she's yeah that yep she heard of a woman who introduced her fiance to her kids um they initially got along well but one day she came home and found her nine-year-old starving he hadn't been fed his usual after-school snack and I'm laughing not because the kid was starving. I'm laughing because I'm imagining my reaction walking in 
um, with my, you know, my uh, five-year-old staring at me saying they're hungry and wondering what, what, what's going on here. Yeah. The reason why he didn't get his snack was that he had disobeyed his mom's fiance. Just like that, she knew this was it. She knew she was done. Light switch went off. So mm-hmm. another woman ended their relationship after her partner hit her daughter in the head. Oh, and he, he was playing with her, but it was just it wasn't going to work. That was just the red flag that told her it's not going to work. So she says that she's all for punishing bad behavior because when a parent lets too many things slide, you know, one day they wake up and they have to deal with a monster, but it's not what you do, she says, it's how you do it. So when a man brings to a woman's life, she says, he needs to realize he's walking into her kids' lives too. And this means he has to learn how to walk the thin line between winning their love and banishing bad behavior. And when he comes into his hands so soon, it backfires. And, you know, his mom, she says, we're super protective of our babies. And whether it beats logic or not, we won't sit back and watch you push our kids, even when they kind of deserve it. So, yeah, that's that the partner, you know, male or female, who's coming into a situation um, where the other partner is kids, it's patience, patience, patience. And that's how you carve a spot in the heart of a mother and her kids. And then once you've earned their trust and affection, exerting some authority is easier. And you know what? I do not think that it's appropriate for partners to do the punishing, to do the discipline. They haven't earned it, in my opinion. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, and you see that a lot. But um, I want to see. I um, I I only have one daughter, and I am um, I'm I'm married to you know to her dad. So it um, mm-hmm. she's she's both of our daughters, and I, I I haven't been in that situation. Yeah, but my sister has, and it's something that I um have discussions with her just out of curiosity because I haven't been in that situation. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from, but you also want the, the you know, the partner to um, love, you, you know, love your children as if it was their own. That's the essential, the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, but with that love comes about. So when we're saying he's not allowed to, or she's not allowed, so the other side is not allowed to discipline, are we talking um Boundary, you know, because I mean, obviously, discipline doesn't have to mean mean harsh punishments. Yeah. Um, so, how does that play? That if you are going into a situation where there's a, you know, a child already present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you want to build that love, but you still don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to having those initial conversations. You know, putting that there. Look, I've got two young kids. Um, let's find our balance on what your role's going to be as their disciplinarian. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, put your cell phones down, you know, it's time to eat versus, um, I want you to sit outside in the rain because you, you crossed your eyes at me. So, you know, it's having the conversations and knowing what 
boundary you're comfortable with when it comes to this other person. And I truly believe that that they really have to earn it. I mean, I, I think without establishing the trust and the relationship with the kids, they feel like they're being abused by this this person who hasn't earned it. So, but you know, it's that fine light you walk. But I think it's about the conversation. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. And what I love about those, um, the last two that you've read, and I guess I get, I, uh, um, for all of them, um, but especially the last two stood out because there were some, some red flags that they noticed. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, that's when they decided, okay, this isn't going to work out. And I absolutely love that because oftentimes we can um, ignore those red flags. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as you said, you know, if, if your partner is harshly punishing your child that you feel like, wait a minute, you know, she might have done or he might have done something wrong, but this is, you know, you're taking it a step too far. And yeah. that for you is a red flag. Um, I think it's so important for us to see people as they are, yeah. not as we wish them to be mm-hmm. or waiting for them to change or, you know, accepting them as is, and then any change that happens after that is just a bonus. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I I think it's also important for the partner who has the children to make sure that whatever is uh, happening in that house is happening for the right intention. I mean, I see a lot of moms who come to me who have domineering partners in terms of domineering over their children and they they want to know um you know is it too far what do i do and what i find with these women is that they are so exhausted from years and years of being a single parent a male or female and it feels so good just to have somebody else stepping in and, and taking that load off i mean you know the dinner and sucks you know yeah yeah so um so they end up sitting back with a little voice in the back of their head saying come on now come on now but it just gives them a mini break you know so you got to know what what are your intentions here are your intentions to raise healthy children or are your intentions to sit back and you know just take a little breather so yeah yeah so i guess it's that knowing yourself i I think so Um, yeah and and putting putting the children's needs first um 100 percent. yeah terms of yeah yeah in terms of your responsibility ability to raise them as healthy productive people and it is hard to be healthy and productive when you're in your mind as a child experiencing chaos you know uh from this other person who you don't really know so, but you know what? It it ain't easy. No, it ain't no, easy. That's her. Yeah, you know, she, and there's so much. Yeah, it. it yeah, I was going to. Ooh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I was just going to say there. There's just so much, um, extra pressure and extra, you know, just having you know person who doesn't go through divorce and you know who don't have kids in that process you know I, I i haven't gone through that i haven't gone through a divorce and i can't imagine what it's like yeah um so there there is there's just so much pressure and so much work so yeah. wanting that break kind of you know 
at times almost justifies it. Yeah. But, you yeah. Know, as you said, no, I, I, I come further. Yeah, I hear you. And, and what happens too is that you get on this this roll here where you guys are, you know, jabbing and it's going smoothly. And then there's another stage that happens. They enter middle school where, you know, they turn into different children. There they enter kissing and they start teething. I mean, there's always, you know, a, a maneuvering here of getting this, this thing back on track. So, you know, it takes a commitment. It takes a commitment to work. And yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now let me see. There's this last one here, Vanya. This really um, is uh, the doozy for me. So she talks about a lady whose father had to hunt her boyfriend down because she had gone into labor and he was nowhere to be found. <laughs> I'm like, really? And she says, Good. not like you wake up one day and realize a baby wants to come out. It takes at least seven months for this moment to arrive. And you know what? And I, I don't know if I would be, and you know what? Uh, um, I, I can be a little black and white, and that's something I really, really try to work on. But I don't know if I can forgive somebody for that. If, if I'm having your child, and I'm laying up in that bed, and you are not beside me for the one hour to... 30 hours, you know, that it takes, you know, I'm going to, my, my lips are going to be poked out. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a hard time with that. Absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, I think for us women, that's one of the most, you know, the most time, like the, the space where we need them the most uh, and we need that focus a hundred percent on us. It's really not about them at all. So to me, if he's not there for that moment, then he's not going to be there for the next one uh, and the moment after that and the moment after it. that. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And you know what? Unless he's been carjacked or is in a pantry, you know, his behind better be there. Because you're right. if he's not going to be there for that event, he's not going to be there. You, you won't be able to depend on him for support for anything. I mean, he's telling us. You know, he's telling yeah. us. So, woo, woo, I tell ya, I get it. I get it. I get how you can reach a point after you've had all these little bops along the road where it just, it just is not what you want to do anymore. You know, and we, we get older, we change, we mature, and um, it happens. So, I thought that yeah. that are cool. Let me make sure I give... Um, um, yeah, this was by Leah Najoki. It's N-J-O-K-I. She's the author of Relationship Truths, Everything You Wish You Knew About Love, and you can follow her on Medium. And this article originally appeared on Your Tango. Good job, Leah. Thanks for letting us use it for the vow. So, Vanya, what you got for words for after the vows? Oh, so I have a bit of a, um, the article itself is quite interesting, but I, I think it, it revolves around some famous people who I've never heard of. So I apologize to them, but I don't know who they are. Um, but the article is Jill Dillard opens up about sad month for Dunga family. Um, as sister Jessa Seawold shares sermon about preventing adultery. I buy um, the Duggars. Yep. 
Yes, I, I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the basis of the article is that um, I, someone has, has cheated. They, they were um, unfaithful. Um, and to take it a step further, they were addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. Yes, so... Um, and I guess it, um, it's... Yeah, it's... Ooh, it's talking about that sense of, you know, how do we... In the end, it sums it up in how do we prevent it? How do we prevent adultery? You know, he uh, something I wanted to ask you about. You talked about being addicted to pornography. How often do you see that in your practice? And is that something that can be cut out of a, a relationship? I mean, is that something that you can actually suppress in terms of that desire? What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't see it too often, mm-hmm. and but in terms of any type of addiction, it yeah. really is a um, you know it, it it's trying to substitute something and it's trying to numb something, mm-hmm. um, some kind of pain or you know or, or, you know there is a deeper reason as to why this person is doing what they're doing, yeah, and I guess. Um, for me as a therapist that that's what i would um go into mm-hmm. it's really important for me and one of the uh, this particular article um i feel like um that it's a little bit in in a sense it's a little bit harsh and um mm-hmm. because there's a lot of judgment passed on this person you know um on on the on the guy who cheated and I really come when when it comes to my practice. I really come from no judgment, um, you know, because I think that's really um, important. I think the the aspect of um, judgment can really. I I feel like for you know for us especially you know I I say to my husband um, and it's kind of like a rule that that we have. I mean go out do you know do whatever you like if you're going to cheat you're going to cheat yeah you know anyway kind of thing but um yeah and really you know him wanting to stay faithful for the love and you know for the respect as opposed to a fear mm-hmm. is my goal yeah so yeah i don't know what are your thoughts on this no, no, I, I like that. I like that. And I think um, you're you're so right. I mean, if a partner wants to cheat, whether it's, um, you know, sexting over the phone or, or, you know, intercourse or whatever your description of cheating is, I think they're going to do it because once they want to, I, I think they're beyond the, the reasoning part. I, I think they're beyond the part where you... <laughs> turn towards your partner and yeah, yeah, try to find a solution. I think you, you've passed that already. So, um, you know, that's yeah. where I, um, I, I talk about it in my course. We talk about um, deal breakers. That's a deal mm-hmm. breaker for a lot of couples. Yeah, 100%. But one interesting thing that I find in my practice is um, I get a lot of pra- uh, couples, sorry, who, who, you know, who come, who come at the point where one of them was unfaithful. Mm. And of course, there's you know there's a lot of tears, there's a lot of um, emotion that y- you work through. But once you work through that, uh, um, you know, a lot of that emotion, which uh, wouldn't take a lot as long as you you know you you think it would, 
Yeah. There is always this, you know, the reason why they came is because they cheated. But um, the reason why they stayed is, you know, 10,000 other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. They're there. There's always something. Um, the, the cheating is kind of like the um, the cream on top. There's just all these layers underneath that, you know, one of them wasn't happy or majority of the time both of them was weren't happy or, you know, one was them one of them was not happy, the other one was completely oblivious to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, that because we always think it's always the, the partner's fault, mm-hmm. you know, the one who cheated. And of course it is because that is a, a betrayal. Mm-hmm. But when you take that out of the equation, it really um understanding their why and how the relationship was before that. Um yeah, I think that that that's such interesting, and there's a lot of lot to it than uh, I guess the initial. You know, they cheated, they're wrong. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's one reason why I love doing what I do. This stuff is interesting. I mean, the dynamics of relationship is just, you know, I, I find it fascinating the way the way people relate to each other. You know, and yeah, it's it's it's, it's fascinating. Um, the article went on, uh, when goes on to say, so when the, so they, um, sorry, I'll give you a bit of a context. Okay. Um, so the, the couple went on to see a pastor, uh, about, um, the adultery and he goes to the, the, the priest goes on to say, uh, or the pastor, sorry, uh, when the Bible calls us to live like Christ, it doesn't merely gives us a set of commands. It presents us with something compelling and captivating. It changes our minds and then our hearts. The gospel convinces us of something irresistibly true and then transforms our desires for something new. That conviction and passion keeps us out of bed with someone who's not our spouse and rejects a thousand other temptations. Mm. Now, reading that, yeah, I, I had to read, I had, I had to admit, I had to read that a couple of times. Um, to understand, I guess, the true meaning of it. Um, you know, it's obviously, um, you know, that they went to a pastor, so it's obviously squared towards, um, the Bible and, um, Christianity or, or a religion. Um, but what I like about these words is, you know, this idea of kind of, uh, like, so, okay, so you have this need to cheat or you have this need for something to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking that moment and taking a, you know, um, kind of sitting with that feeling and not necessarily acting up on it. Yeah. But just sitting with it and trying to understand it. That's that's how I interpret this. Um, and then deciding, so once that feeling is... Um, once you understand it, then deciding which way you want to go. And obviously the, the pastor goes on to say, you know, to keep you out of someone else's bed. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it's deciding which way you want to go, but sitting with that feeling and really trying to understand it. I, I really like that. I thought that was so powerful. Yeah. And you know what? People, um, it could be learned, but people really don't know how to sit with their feelings. It, it just is too uncomfortable. You know, yeah. Aren't they drill down and figure out the why of what you're doing and, and to take um, you know, to be accountable for it. And so you act. You act. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. 100%. And that's, I mean, the reason why why we act, I guess, why we, um, you know, do things like cheating and, and um, even what the, t- the topic that we were talking about um, before, so before the vows, is um, is because there is a pain and we're doing something to run away from the pain. And I guess that's what addiction is. It starts off with um, starting something small to run away from the pain, but that small doesn't do it anymore. So you go on to something bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, it's funny that I see a lot in my practice, there's so many people addicted. And of course, the obvious addictions are things like sex, um, drugs, alcohol, but yeah. there's addictions, you know, to bad relationships. There's addictions to, you know, people pleasing. There's addictions to, you know, there's just so much, so much stuff. It's kind of, you know, once we start seeing a pattern and we see it often to me, yeah. that's an addiction. Is you're doing what to get a hit, to get something out yeah. of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you know what I find really fascinating is we're learning more and more about human behavior. And we're learning more about addiction. Um, yes. so it started out with, um, you know, you're addicted if you are doing hardcore drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. And we have morphed into really understanding what addiction is. And now we talk about um, PlayStation. We talk about mm-hmm. all these things. Cell phones where, um, you know, kids have panic attacks if, you know, it's not in their hands all the time. I mean, like you said, um, relationships. I mean, it just really is. It's something. I really think that people should have mandatory checkups, mental checkups, um, like every five years, just to get them back in line. Because without having that real strong core, you know, it's easy to look other places to fill up. You know, where where whatever it is, it's interesting. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think a lot of it, um, we are we are not aware. I don't think we are aware, um, just how much our emotions and our feelings run our life, mm-hmm. and how much of our decision is coming from. You know, when we have two sides in front of us, you know, to decide on. Um, we we can we we try and use rationality and you know cognitive thinking. Well, you know, side A has that, side B has that, yeah. And you think you're making a rational decision, but really, um, even that rationality is coming from emotion. Yeah, it's coming from feeling, and um, so that's why it, it is a hundred percent. you know. Um, as much as it's, it's important to go see a GP or a specialist for your physical health, mm-hmm. that's how much it's important to see for your mental health. I agree. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, being in the field that, that we're in, uh, it, it's easy for us to say, but I, I still find it fascinating to this day with all the conversations that we're having, how many people still find, you know, going to a therapist as taboo or there's yes. nothing wrong with me or i just yeah. you know i tell you I, it's, uh, it, it's been to me like um um like a, a shower you, you go in for your sessions 
And you know, I think a lot of people think therapy means that you're in there for 12 years, you know, going twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. It can, it can be going for five sessions just to, or one session just to, you know, uh, get, get some objective opinion on something. Um, but, um, it is absolutely something I agree. We're, we're both on the same page about it being something that everybody should take advantage of. Um, unfortunately, culturally, um, sometimes it's not acceptable. Sometimes it's seen as being a weakness. Um, and that's all too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm absolutely, I mean, I come from that same culture. I, in my culture, it was a hundred percent. When I went to therapy, I hid it uh, because you know it was just we we don't go to therapy, um, and it a hundred percent because I coming out of it, I know how much freedom I have, and the freedom yeah. isn't from, of course, you know it's it's creating physical freedom, but it's also creating freedom from my emotions, from expectations, yes. from judgments. I mean, those are the things that everybody struggles with. Everybody, you know. Yep. Everybody gets weighed down by, um, and when I work with my clients and especially I'm working with, um, one of the, my favorite things to work with is, um, single women or, you know, women who are looking for, for a partner, yeah. uh, because we really build strong foundations of what type of guy they attract, I love that. um, and strong sense of values. And I always, um, again, I, you know, try and do it without judgment and without persuasion. But we, I always kind of go like, okay, so make sure that one of your values is self-growth. Because mm-hmm. to me, that is the key to relationship mm-hmm. communication and all of that stuff. But number one is self-growth. Absolutely. Are they, yeah, are they responsible for themselves? Are, you know, because if, if they're not responsible for themselves, guaranteed they will not be responsible for you. It may seem like they will in the beginning, but, you know, there'll come a time where, you know, you, you, you'll see the difference. I agree. I agree. And you know what? I think you become stuck and stagnant without feeding yourself with new um, stimulation, you know, without, yeah. without the growth. I think you just, you end up being a piece of living furniture. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean. There's nothing new radiating out of you. Um, so, yeah, it makes, it makes a difference. A hundred percent. And this world, is, I mean, it's growing so fast and so much. And I think, you know, if we look out through the history, you know, through history of time, human beings are always evolving. And I kind of think that's one of our purpose in life being yeah. here is to evolve. Um you know, even a little bit within our lifetime, you know, that's what we need to do. And and that's why it does feel so good to be focusing on your growth and to be focusing yes. on yourself and then to find a partner who is there with you, pushing you, supporting you and, you know, um, allows you to push them. Uh, I think that's, to me, that is the key. I love that. I love that. Yeah, two people who have joined be them best to be their best selves in in yes in every way. Oh, I I love that. I think that's so true. Um, and so in terms of the article, it was written by um, Aurelie Corinthius. Hmm. What was she sound? Um, 
So yeah, I yeah, I it's an interesting one. I mean, um to me, yeah, if a person can focus on their um on their own I don't want to say demons, but you know, their own pain, whatever it is they're going through. Um and you know, it's there's just so much strength to me when somebody's doing it, you know, out of love for themselves, out, you know, out of their own free will. Um, that yeah, to me, I, and I know we talked about this, you know, about being vulnerable, being a weakness, but to me, that is the biggest strength. Because mm-hmm. if it was easy, everyone would do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And <laughs> you know what? Um, sometimes it, it literally feels like you are dealing with demons. I mean, it's that oppressive and that dark i mean you know where just getting out of bed is 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 hard to accomplish so demons you know i kind of kind of like that (laughs) it means um we were doing something for instagram uh not long ago and they'll be on our instagram page soon um but i was trying to really shed light on uh how our thoughts and kind of are you saying it kind of confirming demons is, is what it brought up mm-hmm. um you know um when you are starting something new or you're really kind of out of your comfort zone and that voice in the back of your head the really really negative one yeah um and i kind of sat with that because i heard that voice a lot uh growing up and yep. i hear that lot voice a lot in in, in my sessions as well mm-hmm. um from other people so i've really sat with that and try and kind of give that voice a um you know a bit of a structure a person so we were trying to act that out um just to shed light on how strong that voice is and how horrible and mean it is and mm-hmm. then how much it holds us back and i think um you know for for this person i obviously don't know who the, he is but i would say you know that voice is very 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 strong for him that it made him do, you know, something like, um, from the sounds of this article, it sounds like something he'd actually didn't, you know, something that he feels ashamed of and doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was, a, you know, obviously an escape for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that voice maybe got a little bit too loud. Yeah. Yeah. I know you talked about um, something coming out on Instagram. And I just wanted our listeners to know that I'm going to have all your GC information in the show notes. Uh, so they'll know how to get in touch with you and and hear all the good stuff you have to say and participate in all the good wisdom, um, you know, um, that you have and that you give. And um, gosh, I, I tell you, the time is going by so quickly. I want to take like five seconds. You know, it's not going to be five seconds, but a little bit of time. <laughs> And just to give you a little background on Duggar, Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it real broad because I I am not real real knowledgeable about the specifics, but from what I I remember is that um, the Duggar guy had um, been accused of molesting his sister or sisters uh, during their childhood. Um, okay. He also was brought up on charges for uh, child pornography. Um, oh, okay. So this is how I know him, but you're not in our country. So, um, you know, so it was big here. Um, and just a little bit of the background. Um, um, 
you know, just just to put it out there. Hey, yeah, yeah. No, I had absolutely no idea. No, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a and a controversial person. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, controversial. You got anything um, left, Vanya, on your your article? Anything juicy? No, no, no. That's it. We it kind of talks about uh, you know the same thing, um, and it, it just kind of refers to, um, I guess you know um, it brings in what, what the pastor said, but I, I, that quote really stood out to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Are you ready for the... I am ready. Eat to the fire questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your first one, uh, what are your deal breakers? Oh, um, oh, just to clarify, going into a relationship or while I'm already in a relationship? Pick one. Okay. Um, well, going into a relationship, if I was... Um, I think a hundred percent. So if they're not, um, focusing on themselves, if they're not about self-growth, they're not, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Like it? Uh, what do you think is the most beautiful love song ever written? Oh, um, oh, I, I there are so many and there's so many that come to my head right now in, in, in Serbian, in my own language, but I, I do love. Um, Michael Bublé's Sway. That was my wedding song. Like that. Oh, it was your, it's your theme song, your relationship theme song. Yeah, the, my wedding song. My, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I do love that. This, his voice just, just blinds over you. Yeah. Yes. Third one, an occupation that you could never do. Oh, be a doctor. Uh, a medical doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm with you there. Yeah, the blood and guts things, it's definitely, I, I just can't deal with it. No, I, every time I have to go to a hospital, I, sh I take my hat off to the yeah. doctors, nurses, and everyone working there. It's just, they're incredible. They are. Yeah, they are. No, it takes it absolutely a special person. And that, yes, 100%. Ah, uh, I've had a good time. Me too. That was great. I loved that conversation. Oh, I'm so glad you joined me. And you're coming to us. What time is it there for you? Uh, it's 9.40 p.m. Okay, so we're um, 24 hours before that a.m. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I can't wait for um, the reaction, you know, of all of our listeners, because I think we're going to get a lot of, um, lot of juicy tidbits out of here. And, of course... Listeners, if you like what you're hearing, please, please, I want you to subscribe and want you to rate it and review it. It's important to keep us um, um, relevant and, you know, to keep our information coming out. So, Vanya, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me on. Um, a brilliant conversation. Yeah, oh, good, good, good. And I will talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks.